0: Hey, how's it going? Lucas here. Just got a quick word before we dive into today's episode. So in honor of Women's History Month, we're kicking off a mini-series featuring all women-owned brands and female entrepreneurs from the AF Network. I'm really excited for this. Today's conversation with Taylor at Ellsworth and Ivy is a really important deep dive into mental well-being as an entrepreneur. And I think there's great takeaways whether you're involved in a small business or not. So thanks as always for listening. Make sure you let me know what you think on Instagram at LucasZFitz and that's all I got. Let's jump in. Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So, sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of AF Fireside. I'm excited to have Taylor Ivey from Ellsworth and Ivy and the Skinny Dip Stores with us today joining me from Aspen, Colorado. How are you doing, Taylor?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. It's great to see you. Great to have you back at a another digital AF event. I know you were at our first AF live event back in April or May, a totally different totally different time. Yeah. It's good to good to see you on on the other side.
1: (laughs) Yes. Happy to be on the other side of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't (laughs) think we're not we're not out (laughs) of the weeds. We're not out of the weeds yet, but no,
1: but it's way better. Yeah, for sure. A dark cool. time. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Well, let's kind of start at the top. I know, so you run both Ellsworth and Ivy and Skinny Dip, which is a, a couple of stores that are across the country. Um, for people that aren't familiar with the brands, can you kind of give a rundown of what each is and how they're related to one another?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so Ellsworth and Ivy is a women's clothing company. Well, now I guess it's kind of, we make children's as well. Um, okay. but. We used to focus on ready to wear and make like outerwear. Um, And then over about five years ago, I kind of started to shift into making sweaters. Um, And so now we primarily make just this kind of like custom sweater program where um, I make sweaters with names on them, like Aspen, like Nantucket. And I have a pretty big wholesale business where we make custom sweaters um, for hotels, for country clubs, for other stores. Um, so that's kind of where we're going with that. And then the Skinny Dip is a collective retail store. So it started really as a place to support emerging designers. Um, we had myself and my two original partners all have our own brands, and we're just kind of not vibing with how traditional retail worked. We felt like our brand was wasn't really showcased and supported the way that I wanted that we had wanted it to. Um, so we took it as an opportunity to kind of like rethink retail from the perspective of a designer versus a buyer um, slash like just store owner. So when you walk into one of our stores, every brand has their own section. Um, we work really hard and focus a lot on storytelling and making sure that we're sharing the journey and the stories of what makes these brands special. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. we had Three stores: one on Nantucket, one in Charleston, and one in Palm Beach. And uh, right now we have two stores. I I closed my Charleston location in um, May, mid mid May okay, cool. of twenty twenty. Twenty
0: twenty. Remember. Twenty twenty.
1: Well. Yeah, never forget. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Crazy. So. Looking at, looking kind of as your history as an entrepreneur as a whole, it's really impressive that you founded these two businesses before you were, before you turned 20, 25. What, how did that, how did that become a part of who you are? Do you have a, like a family history in
1: entrepreneurship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not, you know, my, my dad was kind of a serial entrepreneur growing up. Um, and so he was always founding and, and, um, starting these little businesses and just from a young age, my brother and I both we just kind of, I think, enamored by the idea of starting our own business and creating things. Uh, we used to like constantly like create inventions and and kind of dream about what we would make one day. Um, so it's definitely not surprising to me that that when I graduated college that I wanted to have my own business. I just didn't know what it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think I think it also kind of helped. I started Ellsworth and Ivy when I was right when I was twenty three and. You know, I just never really thought about it. It was just kind of like, well, okay, I'm going to start a business. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I yeah. like, like I didn't like think that much about it because I feel like I had watched my dad do it and it just felt like, it just felt natural. So yes, I think that's why I have been in the entrepreneurial business for
0: sure. Yeah, totally. So how have, how do you feel that you've grown up with the businesses? What, what's changed from, I mean, obviously probably a lot has changed from the time that you were 23 founding yeah. the first business business. How have, how have you grown up as a person because of your journey as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. It's been, so I've, gosh, you know, I just have changed so much um, since I was 23. I feel like, I've been being like completely honest. I feel like I started, I could have said before, like I knew I wanted to have my own business. I just didn't know at the time what it was. Like I had this belief in an identity belief that, being an entrepreneur was it like Mm -hmm. you had to be an entrepreneur to be successful. Like that was something that I felt like was a little ingrained into my brain as a, as a child, good or bad. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I came into starting this business as 23. Um, and I was passionate about what I was doing, but I was really more passionate about the identity of being an entrepreneur and that served me for a while, but that's not healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. because you can't like hold yourself to that kind of identity. Like you shouldn't hold, like your identity can't be your business because like these things, like life, these things flow, like your business shuts down. And then what happens when you attach yourself to such, to that identity? Um, be, and so basically I feel like that is kind of how I started. And over the last eight and a half years, I've just kind of gone through this journey of really working and understanding myself and personal development and mindfulness. And I've just kind of, I've really had to work through removing myself from that identity. And I still struggle with it a lot because like, especially during the pandemic, um, like when it first started, I thought I was going to go bankrupt. I had, I mean, I had three stores um, rent out of control and no money coming in. I had all of these employees and I, I mean, I, I came as close as I, I spoke to like, bankruptcy lawyers multiple times. And, and basically it just, um, I really, I feel like had to grapple with the fact that I would lose, like what would, what would I be if I lost the identity right. of being an entrepreneur? Like I was so tied to these businesses and who would be left? And I almost had to like mourn it if that makes any sense. I think I'm on like the other other side of it now, but I still, I still struggle with it. Um, And so I think for me, that has been like my priorities and my core values and how I want to live my life have shifted. You know, I started because I felt like being an entrepreneur said something about me and who I was. And Mm -hmm. now at this point, that is not how I feel about it. And so now I feel like I'm trying to shift the business to kind of align a lot more with my values and where I want to go as a person, um, as like, you know, a member of a community. And, um, and so that is something I feel like I'm struggling with right now is how do I take a clothing company and a retail store and align it with like my path?
0: Hmm. So, right. yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, for, for either to be successful, the reality is, is that it has to be profitable to some degree as well. Yeah, so, 100%. And- Man, I, I have that feeling all the time where it's like, I have this idea. It's great. They're, they're, here, here's the ripple effect of, of why it would be great, but there's no revenue tied to it. <laughs> at right, all. It's totally a with that I do, but it's not really a business. If it doesn't, yeah, this, that's a totally different story. But how <laughs> no, do you no, think that, that, that the business has changed, right? So we've talked about you, the, you changing how does the business changed in reflection of of what you've learned about yourself as you've grown up?
1: Yeah. So I think I would say probably the skinny dip is a little bit more related to um, has, has morphed probably the most and is kind of on that path. You know, my clothing company Ellsworth and Ivy um, I make sweaters, you know, we've started to make sweaters that um, are a little bit more expressing of some of my, you know values like we make a sweater that says feminist on it. We make a pride sweater like, and I, I enjoy kind of championing championing. I can never say that word championing. Whatever hard you know word. what I Camp,
0: mean. Champion name, yeah, it's a hard.
1: It's like, <laughs> I cannot say it. I get um, anyway <laughs> that word, but um, you know those, those kind of values and that messaging. So we're kind of trying to trying to incorporate that a little bit more um, so that it reflects like who we are as a company who we are as a person and what we support but the skinny dip um you know it, it's been on such a journey we started it had a great for like great season on nantucket crushed it and then got a little probably over mm. and just were like let's expand and we in three years we opened three stores which was Chaos. I, I can't describe it other than absolute goddamn chaos. As as a person that did all the operations and the finances and and
0: managed the buildouts, like horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that sounds like a
1: lot. Yeah, and so um, we along that way, I felt like we lost um, we lost sight a little bit of what I was say, like saying before that we were a place to support emerging brands. I feel like we weren't doing enough storytelling um, and. You know along the process of the skinny dip I went from it, it was a very I would like it, it was kind of like a, a journey of five five almost six years of like um it, testing testing me personally um I felt like it was so incredibly hard um mentally physically um to, to build all these stores to manage all like I we didn't have enough support I was you know managing so many employees. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, And then my business partner and I broke up um, and I took full ownership of the business two years ago. And it's just been this kind of crazy journey that has really kind of followed my journey of of personal development and mindfulness. It was kind of like a, you know, you need to grow. So I'm going to like light everything on fire so that you are like, (laughs) so that you grow um and so now I feel like we're finally getting to a point I just kind of launched a program recently where we are finally um going back to what these roots are and we're going to be um supporting female doers um you know any like by doer I mean like it doesn't need to be an entrepreneur it could be an artist it could be somebody that rocks their corporate jobs anyone doing incredible things we want to talk to them about it we're really now focusing on um not so much, yes, of course, we'll like talk about their success and their triumphs. Um, but it's really more focused on their struggles. And I want to, I want to know, like, how their how their mental health is, like, I want to know, when they're at their low point, like, how do they pull themselves out of it? Um, where are their insecurities? Where, where are they lacking confidence? Because for me, this, the journey has been, like, actually allowing myself to be vulnerable. And as i and as I'm vulnerable, I feel like with other people, it's like kind of this incredible ripple effect of like, they become vulnerable and yeah. you realize that you're not alone in a lot of things. And it's just like, I feel like if people just spoke about some these things more, the world would be better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's what we're going to be focusing. Obviously we're still a retail store, but this is a portion of it that I'm really passionate and kind of is, is aligned with my journey and where I'm at now and my values.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Just to kind of see the progression of, I got, I'm really interested to talk more about the separation that you found between not you and the brand are not the same person, right? Or the same yeah. entity. It's a it's a part of you. It's but it can't be it can't be who you are. And and I know I know a lot of people that struggle with that. I struggle with that sometimes. Um, you know, a, a lot of my my friends are people that work in nursing or law enforcement or, you know, uh, the service industries and that phenomenon of like punching out and checking, checking out for the day. It's a hard one to explain like the benefits and the negatives of really never shutting off. It's always, it's really exciting to think about the stuff that you love to think about all the time, but sometimes being your own boss kind of bites you in the ass. How have how have you, kind of develop strategies in, in your growth. I'm hoping to learn from you personally. You know, everybody wants <laughs> to be their own. Boss. A good
1: role model.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody wants yeah. to be their own boss. What what can you say kind of about the reality of that?
1: Yeah, I mean everyone does, especially I feel like it's only growing more and more that people want to be their own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean I wanted to be my own boss. That was why I, I started this eight years ago, I had a dream of, of not working for other people um, and, and you know, being the leader. I would say, um, you know, the downsides and the struggles that I personally have with it are a um, few, gosh, it's lonely. I, you hear this from a lot of entrepreneurs, it is, or or anyone like, you know, having even just their own business within a corporate job. Um, right it's lonely. I find I didn't expect it to be so lonely. Like right now, I, I enjoyed having a business partner for um, the skinny dip because we could like bounce ideas off each other. And, right. and we were doing it together. And now being the solo owner of the, the skinny dip, it's, I find that um, it can be challenging to to not have a, a sounding board to not really like I, I kind of miss having a boss sometimes. Like it would be great for someone just to tell me what to do. And I'm like, I'm a great worker. Like <laughs> go. And right now I feel like it's, I have, I don't even know how many employees. I think I have 10 plus full-time employees right now. At one point we had like 30. You know, I give praise out constantly, but you don't get that as an ent- as a business owner. I find like, I there's nobody above me to say good job. And I feel like sometimes that can really, you almost have to do it for yourself, do it to yourself. Like, you know what, like Taylor, like pat myself in the back. Like, that was awesome. Great job. You're crushing it <laughs> Like yeah. because nobody's doing that for you. And I feel like you don't realize how much that positive reinforcement is actually kind of really, really helpful and keeps you going. Um, so I feel like for, those are two really big things that I find as like a downside to, to being a business owner that um, that isn't really talked about that much. Um, I like I definitely gone through a ton of periods of like depression Mm -hmm. and I think being a business owner was a huge driver in it because I felt really isolated and I felt really alone and I felt like everybody's coming at me, but I didn't have this. I didn't have any support. Like everybody comes to me thinking that I know the answers, but like, I have no idea what I'm doing. No, no goddamn clue. Um, so I feel like that that's a downside, but there's obviously so many upsides as well to you know, making your own schedule and, and doing what you love. And, um, you know, you really, I think the one thing, it really, you're responsible for your success. Like I am directly constantly, like if we make money, it's because like I did X, Y, and Z or some, I had my team do X, Y, and Z. And so it's a really interesting kind of test of your character. Like, right. how much do you want it? Like, what is your drive level? Um, I, and I feel like what actually ends up entrepreneurship almost ends up being is like putting a mirror in front of your face and being like, who are you? Like, what are you going to do when it's hard? What are you going to do when your back's in the corner? Like, are you going to fight? Are you going to push through? Um, are you going to, you know, kind of double down and and keep going? Or are you going to shy away? Are you going to crumble? Um, But yeah, in terms of like things that have helped me, um, I really feel like, and I, honestly, these habits have only helped me over the past like few years because I've only kind of started to implement them, but, um, checking like not being on 24 seven is vital. Um, what I feel like I, when I started my business and, um, a core kind of core belief I have that I really continue to try to counter is that like working, 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 working is success. Like you will work. I will work till I die. Like I will work till I have no limbs. And to me, I always, I grew up with that belief that like that was success. And that, that meant like, that's what you had to do. And that's actually completely incorrect. It's not, it's incorrect. Like, like for me, prioritizing my mental health and my happiness is way more important than my business. Because if I can carve the time out to, mentally be sound my business thrives what I was doing for years was I was burning the candle at both ends and I wasn't showing up I was frazzled I was a rat like like you just like it was coming out in so many ways negatively and so now I feel like I you know I meditate every morning um I've been journaling morning and night for like three plus years now um I mean i I have like post-its, this sounds funny. I have like post-its all over my (laughs) apartment (laughs) with like, you know, like you're amazing and you're enough, like all these things that um, I need to remind myself constantly, like you're safe, that they're just kind of these mantras that I have that are really important to remind myself to kind of stay calm Um, because the calmer I am and the more centered I am, the better I show up at my business.
0: Let's let's talk more about this this greater concept of entrepreneur burnout. And I know that mm. you had told me recently that that's something that you're kind of seeing yourself on the other end of right now. Yeah. How? What, what was your experience with burnout?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I call it like burnout. I actually went to used to go to an acupuncturist, and she was a burnout coach. And she, when I like talked to her, she was like, "I think you're in a burnout." <laughs> this was like a year and a half ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, how I would describe it for myself is this, it's kind of, for me, it kind of happened. I was going, 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 going. Um, it, it happened after my business partner, I finalized our agreement to separate. And for like, it was like a six month kind of conversation and, um, not like the most amicable conversation. And it was, you know, I was kind of running the business while doing this. And it was really, um, I was working, gosh, I was working like at least 16 hours a day, every day of the week. And it went like that for, it went like that for almost a year. Um, And it was just this constant grind that I felt like I was in. And I was just going, going, going. And then one day I felt like it just like, Popped off, and I was just exhausted. And what happened along the way was I felt like, and this is a really big problem with being an entrepreneur. I felt like I lost passion for what I was doing. Um, and and this has this is like a very much more tied to my clothing companies or sorry my uh, retail stores. Um, I haven't had this experience with Ellsworth and Ivy I still kind of you know, excited when I got helpful me through um this kind of phase that I went with for almost um you know most of 2019 and um a lot of 2020 sorry um and I yeah so it was just kind of this exhaustion of and and just this feeling like I didn't feel passionate about what I was doing and that's a really scary thing as an entrepreneur because like you need to be passionate about what you're doing to succeed at it to lead your team like how do you show up for your employees And excite them if you're not passionate about it um and so I felt like I was just kind of like maintaining the day-to-day and didn't like it I don't know how to describe it other than I hated it and I I really did I mean that like sincerely and that's um a crappy thing to say about your business but I was just like I felt no passion for it and I wasn't excited and so that kind of went on for I just kind of I couldn't just leave it I had leases and obligations, which I think made it worse. It it made me stay in it, but it also made it feel like it was such a burden. Like I couldn't get out of it. And that was such an overwhelming feeling of being trapped. Um, And I really struggled with my mental health during this period because I felt so trapped. And then I also felt alone as being like the only leader. And it was just this like spiral. Um, And honestly, it took me going through a horrible breakup, As well, 2019, honestly, was the roughest year of my entire <laughs> life. This is and I broke up. My boyfriend and I broke up. I mean, totally unrelated, but I had a like a fertility issue. Like it just was so horrible. And that's why I'm like 2020 is like a breeze. But yeah. it took all of these things to kind of like explode. And then I felt like this was like fall of 2019. I was kind of just like so I felt so horrible. I was so not passionate. I hated what I was doing. And I think it was just like one day I was like, you know what? Like nobody's going to save me right now. I can only save myself. I've been sitting here waiting for someone to come in, you know, some guy to come save me, do all these things. Nobody was coming. And so I just kind of decided that I needed to save myself. And so I started to kind of pick myself up and and go back to what like has always helped me, which is like reading books and listening to podcasts and starting to like be positive and find the good in things. Um, went on some, went on like a therapy retreat. That was probably most that really helped me actually, and like helped me re helped me see a clear path. And uh, I started to try to focus and shift our business to things that I actually was passionate about. Like I had, I knew I had to keep the business as was well as a retail store, but I could find. Purpose within it. If I just made some tweaks and some pivots, sure. that was a really long like, answer. Sorry. What,
0: no, no, that's great. <laughs> what, what? Well, it's not great, but that's. I'm I'm sure you're not alone. I know you're not alone in feeling that way, and I'm sure yeah. this conversation will be helpful and insightful to people listening. I'm curious how you navigated those feelings as a leader, and um, what that not looked well. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's um, hard. Not
1: not well. I didn't. I certainly didn't express a lot of them to the obviously, like, I think the one positive thing was that I wasn't living where my stores were at the time. Okay. Um, when like a lot of it was happening, I was in New York City and um, I kind of tried to keep, like had I had to show up every single day and work with our employees, I think it would have been not great, but I could kind of separate it. So that was a benefit that I had, But what I started to do, um, I definitely hit it, but it you can't hide these things. Like they're coming out in every form they're yeah. coming out. Like it's just like, yeah, it's just coming out of your body. So and that's I, not
0: exclusive to what you're talking about as an entrepreneur. I feel like that's like universal. Like if you're having a shitty yeah. time, I have a very hard time hiding that.
1: Oh yeah. So like, I have no poker face. Like I'm not great at like showing up and putting a smile on. I was horrible. I worked in PR for three years. Awful at it. I just think like, I'm a bad liar. I really am. Mm-hmm. Like, i always <laughs> tell the truth. And so, yeah, I think at first I tried to hide it. Um, and I was, except I did hide, actually, this is not true. I had an employee, an employee that was working with me in New York City. I forgot about this. She works with me now still. She actually left after this period and then came back like a year later. But I was like really struggling. I was showing up every this is like kind of embarrassing i was showing up every single day at work and i would cry for almost an hour in the morning every single morning i was so overwhelmed i couldn't sleep i was i felt like my body was just being destroyed i would do that and then i would eat two bags of this is not like 9 a.m this is disgusting i would eat two bags of doritos because I like, and like, I was like, some reason, like these nacho cheese Doritos are gonna stop all okay, oh, my problems. I was gonna
0: problems. say, what what flavor?
1: Actually, usually I would get one of each because okay. like, who can choose?
0: Uh, interesting, <laughs> balance, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, yeah, so I would do that. So actually this girl Abigail was working with me and sometimes she would see me stressed out and she would go get Doritos and give them to me. I have cut Doritos out, it's been like a year and a half since I've had Doritos.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> because, sure the taste. Like, oh my god I
1: don't even think I could I think if I ate them now like I think I would throw up like I I'd I'd
0: yeah my, yeah or
1: the yeah and an immediate tear would come
0: out. yeah my I had a I think it was 2016 2016 was my cry for an hour at the beginning of work every day but it was animal crackers for me I don't know why I'm oh
1: that's a way life. healthier option <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just it's just density <laughs> like animal crackers are really just like tissue paper and and water together um but isn't but it like you, how
1: horrible it is yeah, no, actually, that makes me feel a lot better. Because like, I, it was really, it was like really hard to to show up and then have to kind of like, I remember I would cry for an hour. And then I'd be like, slap my face from a little bit like, okay, Taylor, you, you got this. And then I would have to like, go into it and like, show up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can so, cry in the car we,
0: on the way home. You can cry in the car on the way home.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I live in New York City, so it's just me crying while everyone's watching me walk home. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. But, but I, they don't um, give a crap. They're they're doing it. No, anything.
1: that's <laughs> true. They're probably crying as well. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, then I feel like at one point though, I just fucking embraced it. Like I was, I was like, I can't, I have to just like talk about this. Like it actually was after my breakup. Um, which happened in the fall of 2019. Um, I was a mess, and I called my like right hand girl and told her what happened. And they kind of, I re- I'll never forget kind of what she said. She was like Taylor. She's like, I got this. She's like, we support you. I have this. She's like, go do whatever you need to go do. And I like checked out for a week, and I was on and off for the next few weeks as I was like kind of grappling with with a long-term relationship ending. And um, after that moment, I kind of came back and I decided that like, you know what? I'm not gonna hide my mental health issues. I'm not gonna hide it anymore. I'm not gonna hide my struggles. Um, I work with all women, mostly young women. They need to know about this stuff. I wish somebody would have talked to me about it when I was their age. Like talk to me about um, what it's like, you know, being a female and, you know, confidence issues and all of these things. I just wish someone had talked to me about it and been, um, yeah. And so, so basically I started to talk to my staff about it and um, I started to write these motivational Mondays. I used to call them where I would just send it out to the staff. And then during the pandemic, when it all started, I started sending it out to all of our, our entire audience, um, our newsletters. But I did it for like, I did it for a while. I did it for like four months, maybe. Uh, but I started doing it to the staff and they were just, it was just kind of expressing what I was going through and talking to them about it. And, and what ended up happening, they would talk to me about their mental health issues and their struggles. And it just became this nice place of vulnerability and um, a safe place to talk about it. And I think that was, I think there's a fine line between like, you know, being a boss and, and being a therapist for your employees. Like, and I think sometimes I, I straddle that, um, which isn't necessarily great, but I care so much now. Like, yes, I care about my business and I care about being able to support myself, but I care so much more about helping other people and especially the girls that work with me or, you know, our friends, helping them feel good about themselves because I struggled so much with that, struggled so much with, um, you know, imposter syndrome, um, the identity of being an entrepreneur and what it means to lose that—I struggled with um, a ton of insecurities. Um, you know, I struggled with suicidal things. Like all of this mental health was all like once I started talking about it, it was actually a lot. It was interesting to feel how it helped other people as well. Um, so, like, sorry, I don't even know where, where the original question was. I don't know. We but went yeah, somewhere so.
0: good. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, so now do you see that you've kind of worked um, that kind of management style and policy now that you feel, now that you're feeling better and and that there's a different handle on the situation, what, what has survived from, from that era yeah. into the way that yeah. you run your businesses now?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot. We, I, I feel like um, I definitely am one th- actually one thing this is kind of random one thing that we implemented um and or i implemented in the business like last fall was um, i mean i give most of our employees that all of our corporate employees um, unlimited vacation days anyway and everybody kind of works from home and like you want to go I, I i definitely am a firm believer in that um i don't think people necessarily abuse it at all and i think it's important to never feel like trapped um because i don't want to feel that way so um but in addition to that we also encourage that once a month, um, all of our employees take um, like a personal day for their uh, menstrual cycle. It's a, like a female period okay. day. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's absurd that this is like a really big thing for me. I can't understand how, um, how like why this, it doesn't exist. Like it's ridiculous. I, you're not a woman. So you might not understand. It's so absurd what's happening to our body on a monthly basis. And I think it's bullshit that it's not like somehow working to work into our work life. Like our body goes through something, our hormones are out of whack, our emotions are all over the place. I mean, there's one day a month that I need to sit in my bed and cry and eat ice cream. And that's like the only way to get through it. It's just one day a month. So I started, I was like, I need this day. I'm sure all the other girls need this day. So we started to implement that. Um, and yeah, so I hope other businesses start to do this cause it's I'm really, I'm really on board with this it, concept.
0: It, it's backed up with <laughs> logic. And that's yes. all I'll say about it. I, I, yeah, I yes. No expertise, but it sounds like the logic. If if that happened to me, I would I would vote with you. <laughs> I, I agree.
1: Yes, I feel my... like i I definitely think the um, the workforce needs to be adjusted. I think it was kind of set up, you know, when men were the sole workers, yeah. and now we yeah. now that's not that's not the case. Like, and that's like, we
0: that's a big. Big, yeah. <laughs> big bubble <laughs>
1: like, yeah, this is a piece matter. of
0: a very big you know it's we're. Um, yeah. I but
1: I think I think we need to be adjusting it to who we are as women um sure. because I don't feel like that's been brought into it and that our, our bodies are different and and we have different needs and um I think it could use some updating mm-hmm. like I don't even want to start to talk about um, having a baby. I could go on and on and on about maternity leave and paternity leave, like mm-hmm. all of these things Like, could endlessly discuss.
0: So I imagine that that these kind of beliefs as, as a manager and as an entrepreneur are, you know, th- they're a part of who you are. It, they, they're not, the genesis of those was not your burnout. But do you think that the way that you execute your business now would it, would it be the same if you hadn't experienced that burnout?
1: No, I think, well, I would have just kept going the way that going I was going. the flow, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have just kept working, 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 working. Um, and now I really, I really try to have a work-life balance. So I've, um, one thing that kind of came up as a result of my burnout um, and all of the stress that I was in, I ended up, um, I ended up with some nerve damage. So this is like a warning for yeah. entrepreneurs or anyone like, working too hard like you can't push your body for and you can't have stress stress will destroy your body and I am like a perfect example of that I ended up um with nerve damage in my throat um it happened it came up a year ago um right kind of honestly as I felt like things were fine what's interesting about it is that like I was going 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 fight or flight fight or flight and then I felt like things started to finally calm and I was actually in a good mental place. And that's when it came in. It's almost like my body finally was like, okay, we, we have brought you through the battle. Now you're resting. And now we can actually like, right. this is the damage you did. And so I got- That's, like, nerve damage. that's like
0: what happens when, you're, when something happens to your car. And then yes. something else <laughs> happens to your car. And then something else <laughs> happens to your car. It always mm. happens in waves. Yeah, I, I wish yeah, I could so say I'm- I was surprised by that. But that's just how. That yeah,
1: goes, no, I it, think <laughs> it's it's interesting. I can remember while I was like crying every day and eating those Doritos, I was like, I am destroying my body. Like, there's no way that I can hold this much amount of stress and not in for it to not come out um, in certain ways. So, so yeah. So I developed this nerve damage in my throat um, last like uh, February, uh, February 2020, and it's been. I still have it. it I don't know when it's going to go away, but it's been really challenging. I. I like basically have an incredibly sensitive, it's a hypersensitized my throat. So I can't really eat anything anymore. I can only eat like my diet is basically plain vegetables and like plain meat and uh, mostly really just like vegetables. I can only drink really water. I can't drink caffeine anymore. I couldn't drink alcohol for like six months. I do it a little bit. Um, I'm on some nerve damage drugs right now that are kind of working that really Um, and I, I was losing my voice all the time. I kept feeling like I was getting bronchitis. It was, it's not, it it was not fun. And so as a result of this, I have had to really be like, this, this is the the ultimate wake up call. I like actually, I actually created nerve damage from, from stress. And so I've had to prioritize my health. Um, and for right now, like my mental health and my physical health are my number one priority. Mm-hmm. Um, way over my business. And on a daily basis, I prioritize that because I don't want to live my life like this. And the business can fail, but business fails, it succeeds. This is still happening. Yep, you're still around. And I'm still around. And I'm, you know, I feel like I'm missing out on things because I can't, I can't participate and, and I'm doing the best I can with it. But um, yeah, so I've really prioritized and really tried to step away and, you know, take weekends and not work and not really trying to be okay with like not answering the email or, you know, just, just not working so much. I still work a a shit ton, but like not nearly where I was and, and really trying to pull myself away. Yeah.
0: So, so when it comes to reigniting the passion for the business, right, you say, I hated the business. I didn't, didn't want not et cetera, et cetera. And it sounds like you kind of had these personal awakenings for the way that you operate as an entrepreneur. What reignited the passion for the business?
1: Yeah. Um, it So I, I didn't never, I never really lost it for my clothing company. I kind of mentioned, um, and I'm constantly like, I love creating new designs. And, and, mm-hmm. and so that's been there because I like to create things. So that's been exciting. What what was I was struggling with with the skinny dip was that like I felt like we were not innovating Mm -hmm. because the day to day of running three stores was so overwhelming that I felt like all we were doing was maintaining, and the that is like so mundane to me. Like I I'm a I'm a person that like I need new things. I like Mm -hmm. to build things. I like to create things, and that is what ignites me. And I felt like we weren't doing it so so basically i feel like what has like and, and actually like the, the pandemic really um you know when we first shut down it was a really interesting time for me because it was the first time in almost in over five years that or that all my businesses were shut down other than Ellsworth and ivy but my colleagues were shut down and it was like quiet
0: mm.
1: it was honestly beautiful i can't like it was horrifying because I was dealing with potentially going bankrupt, but it was this like clarity and, um, you know, just the clarity that I hadn't received in so long. And I, I feel like through that time, you know, grappling with the potential of losing my identity, I really started to kind of focus on like what my priorities are and, and how we could, how my, I could take this it and, um, have it serve some of grow with where I want it to go Um, and so relaunching this new program that I mentioned um earlier about where we're basically like trying to go into the route of being a content driven business where we'll have our retail stores but like um, someday those might shut down but I want this business to live on where we're creating content around um you know inspiring young women and talking about mental health and, and wellness and mindfulness and, um, sharing conversation, vulnerable conversations. And my hope is that, you know, as I'm vulnerable and as the people that we're working with are vulnerable, that the, our audience will feel vulnerable to do the same with their friends and their community and themselves, um, and, and grow with it. Um, and my goal is to is to have, um, you know, do a podcast someday and, um, really have summits is really a little bit more of my goal, where we're kind of doing these workshops for, and you know, one to three days. And we have people from all over joining us. And they're kind of a mixture of meditation and um, nutrition, because I mean, like, what you put in your body is a really all, big yeah. goddamn deal. All connected. It's all, it's all connected. Um, and yeah, so talking about that, and then uh, and then talk like having people talk about mental health and entrepreneurship and betterment and um, you know how people can show up as their best selves. So that's where I'm I'm steering the business um, and what I'm most passionate about and I want that to live on should our, my stores close someday, um, et cetera. Yeah. So that that's kind of really that has reignited me, yeah. which is exciting.
0: So what's what's the strategy in the time being to kind of integrate? this too. this, yeah how, how is brick and mortar you know the, the choice to be involved in a brick and mortar store how are you using that to leverage these new ideas What's
1: yeah it? so well the skinny dip was kind of always aligned with this because it was this collective to support and share the stories of designers so it's not necessarily like a map like there's a bridge which is nice like it, we weren't a traditional like boutique right. um and we used to do stuff like this kind of in the beginning where we would like have people come and speak and, and share those stories. And it just kind of, as we grew, it kind of got washed out because we were all so busy. Um, so what I did this year is to try to align them a little bit more is that my Nantucket space, we took a part of it and are making it into a community space. Um, so it's like one of the rooms is now a community space and we're going to be um, letting like people in the community use it for free. If they want to host a workshop, um, they can do whatever they want and then we'll do it. You know, we'll have people come in and speak. Um, we'll do workshops, uh, you know, everything from like even musicians come and play. Like we just want cool. it to be this, this kind of place where people can um, try to, you know, try to grow. Um, so I think that is, that's kind of how we're trying to tie them. But I know that our community, our community online, or like on Instagram is, it's mostly 35, it's like 20 to 35 year old women. Mm-hmm. I am a 32 year old woman. Like I know this is what I'm hungry for. And I feel like all of my friends are hungry for the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to kind of align it with, um, you know, align them. And I, and I feel like it's working quite well. I've also kind of shifted the idea of what our name is. So originally like this can eat up, like, you think of it, it's like some fun name know you Mm jump jump naked somewhere but what really if you kind of think about it in a different way like skinny dipping is stripping down it's removing all of the material things that that and a lot of like the identity of those material things just getting down to who we are in our bare naked self and that is a really uncomfortable thing for a lot of people to just be naked to Mm -hmm. be and like to let people see them that way and so I kind of now am thinking of the skinny dip as a place where we strip down to our bare self. um, And we really um, push that kind of vulnerability and, uh, and, you know, I'm hopeful that other people will kind of get on board with that. And it seems like from our launch that people are excited about it and um, we might lose some followers, but we will probably gain some too. And that's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Very cool. Mm -hmm. You said something, said something a minute ago about, uh, how you love to create things. And that reminded me, mm-hmm. uh, we had a conversation a while ago um, where you said something that stuck with me that was a feeling that I've had that I've never put to words. And I want to kind of hear what, how you live your life around loving to create things and not loving to maintain things.
1: <laughs> not well. <laughs> this <is> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not like a great combination, but I totally, <laughs> totally feel that as well. We're like, I love to Yay. build a system. I love to see the system kick off I don't want to yeah. sit around and maintain. I want to go and build another system. How do you, yeah. <laughs> how does that work for you against you? What are your strategies there?
1: Totally. I think, I think that's a really normal thing for a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, I mean, works for me. I can create awesome things. Like I get really excited when I am excited about something. I go all in. I am like, nothing can stop me. I am on fire and, you know, I build you get things. called
0: obsessive. People call you Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, something like that happens.
0: My and, family has always uh, said that I have a, a three-day rule where, like, if I'm still talking about it after the what, third what day... The then i three-day rule? If, I'm, if I I talk about something for more than three days, then I'll a- actually act on it. But if it's, like, a two-day thing I talk <laughs> about, it probably won't come to anything.
1: <laughs> okay, that's it. Yeah, I feel like I get, I get that a lot. Well, so I've had to... This has actually been a, a challenge that I've had. I'm an idea person. Like, I... I, I probably have a new business idea every single day mm. and I've really, you can't do everything at once. So it's not totally answering your question, but like, that's been something that I've really struggled with, with, with just not just sitting with what I have because like I have to um, now. Yeah. So the, I like to build things. I like to create things. I don't like maintaining things. And what I mean by that is like, I don't really love leading a business. Mm. I don't like being a CEO. I would much rather, if I could, build something, bring in a CEO, you know, keep a portion of the equity and stand as an advisor or like a creative director, move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. I think what I think will end up happening someday for myself is that I, um, like I'm not in a place to do that right now. Like I'm just not, I feel like we're still kind of like, coming out of the after effects of what it meant to be shut down. I mean, 2020 was a rough financial year for everybody yeah. or actually that's not true. made really a lot of money. I was not one of those people, sure. um, but yeah, I should have, I guess like gone to the PPE business. Cause I guess that's like what? Amazon, yeah. Yeah. But um, I, so you, so I think trying to, I, I, I can't just, bring in somebody and i have to maintain it right now i'm at a point where like there's nobody else that can kind of come in. i kind of have to fix the mess that i created if that makes any sense and i think that's exciting to me in a sense because i am like internally fixing problems but um i think there will come a point where you know i probably will sell my clothing company I i don't know what will happen with the skinny dip but maybe it lives on in this content and then i'll create other businesses And I will most likely stay like work within that kind of idea of building, bringing in a CEO, exiting. Because like, I was just so young when I started the business that I I didn't understand. And and I kind of started businesses that were challenging to do that with. Um, And so now, I know for the future, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the the third the equally powerful but much more silent third part of that trifecta is how hard it is to let go of something that you built.
1: Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, so that <laughs> um yes, that's something that is very interesting to talk about. Um I have grappled with this unbelievable amount. You know, when my business partner and I were deciding to to split up, we went back and forth with who was going to take the business. Mm. I was not she was going to take the business at first and then flipped and I was going to take the business and it, and then when the COVID happened, and I thought that I was going to have to shut down things and close my businesses, it's I really struggle with letting things go. Um, and this idea of failure, um, I, I I know a lot of people struggle with this. Um, the you know growing up, I had, and I think it's been a good and a bad thing. I you know my parents would tell me that can't is not a word. That was like a thing in our house. And I always like was so, like, I loved that. And I was such, and like, I was such a hard worker. And I was like, I can literally get through any obstacle. You put us like a massive wall in front of me. I'm going to dig under it. I'm going to figure out how to blow through it. And that's how I've always lived my life. But with that phrase also to me is like the idea that it's almost like not okay just to be like, I can't do that because it's harmful to me. And um, so that's been a that's been a really big driver in this like work 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 not be able to let go of things because it's to me it's so tied with being a quitter, and I'm not a quitter, and it's that has been a, like a, a really big kind of problem. And when I was exiting potentially exiting my business, there was a lot of um, you know feedback from some family members that um, they were like not okay with me doing that. And I was trying to explain that it was for kind of my mental health. And I think it was better for me. And it was, um, it was not received in the way that I wish it could have been received because Mm -hmm. at that time, I didn't feel like I was strong enough to just make my own decisions. I still cared so much about what certain family members meant and what certain men in my life, specifically men. And this is a female thing where I, or this is a, a me thing maybe I don't I think there's probably a lot of women out there that that really struggle with um wanting approval from men um probably you know coming down from wanting approval from your father and I wasn't getting it from the men in my life um in fact I was getting kind of like the opposite and it was horrifying it was I, I like it really hurt me a lot and um so, so yes, I've really struggled with the idea of, of letting things go um, and I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> I have not mastered it.
0: There isn't, a, <laughs> I don't think there's a, a No, there's, there's not.
1: There. But I think, I think as you become your own person outside of owning your own business, and that's really what I feel like I've done over the last year is really created my own life outside of entrepreneurship where I didn't before. I was like, if you were to ask me who I am, I would say entrepreneur first. You ask me who I am now. um, Entrepreneurs probably fourth on the list. Wow! So that is powerful. Eh, maybe second or third, but it's not number one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Depends <laughs> so, <laughs> on the day, I'm sure. Yeah, we're
1: making progress.
0: <laughs> I love that. So let's um, imagine a reality where you share a 10 minute Uber train ride with the 22 year old version of yourself. What what advice do you pass on to? just getting started taylor
1: you know what it actually ties so much into what we just were talking about i would tell her that it's okay to fail that you're safe and that um there's no shame in failing because i think if i had like felt safe in those words when i was 22 things would be a lot different now um and in, in, in a positive way. Um, and so I think, you know, it's taken me till 30, 10 years to, to kind of feel that way. And I still don't totally feel that way, but I wish somebody would have just told me that when I was younger and I like somebody that I really loved to kind of like come in and tell me that I was going to be okay. That I would be, that I'm enough without that business that I, that I'm, I'm um, yeah, still enough.
0: Would you do it all over again?
1: <laughs> um yes and no um
0: that's the right yeah, answer, I, mean, I
1: think <laughs> yeah yeah yes and no I mean yes because I'm I mean I'm so proud of myself I will I would say this like I am proud I'm really proud of myself and what I built I moved to New York City with a hundred and fourteen dollars in my bank account and a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt and no job um and I, and like no, no family support. I had other than my like stepdad's best friends that I could live for a few months in his like second bedroom. So that's how I ended up in New York city. And I, I didn't have like, my family wasn't giving me money. I put myself through college. I hustled the hell to get to where I am. And I am really proud of that. And um, to me, I felt like that was I've always been an independent person, but it was this, um, you know, refer, reaffirming to myself that I really, I am strong and I can do anything. Um, and that's been a really powerful kind of like test for myself that I can get through things and I'm going to be okay. Um, and yeah, so, so the journey that owning these businesses has brought me on and where I am right now this is the best place I've been mentally since in my entire life. Um, I'm finally, I feel like happy with myself and who I am. Would, had I gone another route and another path, like would I have gotten there? I have no idea. Like I can only say that like, I felt like I needed all of these experiences, all of the, you know, the hustling of starting my business. I like illegally Airbnb departments to make enough money on the side to start my business is like how it all happened. And then like <laughs> which is like Sick. a really funny thing. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I am like a hustler through and
0: through. But so I, I think that's I think that technically that's organized crime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm right? also yeah, I think
0: <laughs> that's a federal charge. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit it out. No worries.
1: <laughs> but um so like, but I think I needed all of those experiences, like you know, the, the hardships, the, the um, struggles, you know, the breakup with my business partner, incredible growth experience, even all of the break, you know, personal breakups and money struggles and almost going bankrupt, like all of these things. Every time one of these things happen, I learn more about myself. And every time I get on the other side, of it, I know that I'm safe. And I know that just like what I said, what I would say to that 22 year old, I, I know that I'm enough. Now, the only thing that I would say that I wish I could do over would be to do it from to do it um when if i were to start as a 22 year old like knowing those things already like yeah. what i would say to my 22 year old self i wish that i could have taken that courage um and and what it the safety of knowing that it's going to be okay and that you're enough as a 22 year old through my business because i didn't have that until probably a year ago and you know it's been like a God damn roller coaster yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I mean that's yeah. that's kind of that's kind of the way it is though I guess
1: yeah if, if I knew
0: everything I knew now that when I was fifteen and I would be indestructible, I would be an indestructible fifteen year old
1: yeah completely and I think I think that's you know certainly I, I wrote this note that I shared with um our community and I know I sent it to you but this quote um by t s Eliot that I was obsessed with when I was seventeen right before I went to college, and it says like we shall not uh, we shall not cease from exploration. And at the I'm probably butchering it, but at the end of our exploring will be to arrive at the place and know it for the, uh, sorry, arrive, arrive at the beginning and know it for the first time. I totally butchered that, but you get the point. It's, um,
0: all good. it's <laughs> all good. Look it up, T.S.
1: Eliot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, that's kind of, that is life. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. Like to understand who you are um, is such a powerful And sometimes, and, and you don't actually learn those things without going through struggles. Like when you go through hardship, like the happy times, they don't really help you grow that much They make you happy. They make you feel good, but like, that's not where growth happens. Like growth happens when you're in the trenches, when you're on the ground and you're getting beat up and you make that decision to get up and fight or whatever decision you end up making. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I would not. I would do it over again <laughs>
0: because that's, that's,
1: because I needed it all
0: for sure. That's funny that you say the get back up piece because I was thinking earlier when you said you had your friend that was like had that moment where it was like you. I'll take care of this. You go. My moment there is always calling my brother who's a polar opposite to me. And he always drops like a very cliche like Friday night lights sports metaphor. (laughs) And like it's so so not me, but it's always like, yeah, we do we do fall down so we can get back up. It's always (laughs) what I need. It's one of the more embarrassing things about me, I think.
1: That's Uh, awesome.
0: Taylor, I appreciate your your vulnerability with us today. And I think that a lot of the things that you faced both as an entrepreneur and as a human are uh, you, you know unique to you and your circumstance but are not uh, are not uncommon issues that everyone experiences to some degree in their journey, either as a business owner or just as somebody that, as a doer, as you said, someone that yeah. does really cool shit. So I appreciate uh, you having this time with us and sharing your story. Where is the best place for people to keep in touch and see the things that you're doing?
1: Yeah, um, well, thank you. I really enjoyed this, this, is, this was great. Um, yeah, so you can, Go to ellsworth and for my clothing company. Um, and then shopthedip.com is my uh, is our store's website. probably the easiest place though is just follow us on Instagram, Ellsworth and Ivy. And then our Instagram for the skinny dip is skinny nantucket. Easy to remember.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. thanks so much, Taylor. We'll have to, once you launch your podcast, you'll have to let us know so that we can yes, let everybody know ask and for some pointers. Maybe we'll, we'll link up in the future. I'll, I, I've Definitely. screwed up everything I could possibly screw up so far, so I'm happy to <laughs> pass advice on. I
1: love awesome. it.
0: Thanks again, Taylor. We'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co, And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening.